Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 33rd episode from the PJ Archive. It's a phone interview I did in August 2001 with the Jamaican-American reggae musician and singer Shaggy, who, as you'll hear, is quite a character. I started by asking him about his early life in Jamaica. I was from a middle-class family. When you say middle-class, lower-middle-class family. I'm from a single-parent family. My mom alone, I'm an only child. And um, had a lot of cousins. They kind of kept me grounded. And how sort of basic was your home and your upbringing there? Oh, I kept moving around. I was in from one room to one room to one room. They were all one-room apartments. My mom, you know, was a journalist. You know, as you could tell, they don't make much money. <laughs> Do you still I have... I don't know if you're the exception. You probably drive a fucking... Bentley. <laughs> Maybe I will after this interview. Do you still have family in the West Indies? Um, yeah, yeah. My family is still here in Jamaica. How difficult is that for you to be in America when they're over there and so on? It's not. I, I divide my time between homes. I have homes in both places. That's why we make it records, so we could have homes in all these places. <laughs> what were you like at cricket? Well, I, I hate cricket. Do you? Really? Don't like sports at all. So what extent did you grow up around music, particularly reggae? Being in Jamaica, Jamaica uh, reggae is the, um, the native music. It's the most dominant thing on, thing on radio. So I'm raised in it. It's in my blood. But um, being in New York, where it's, it's a melting pot and you get to listen to all different styles of music and different cultures, then, you know, that's how the fusion happened. That's how I get to blend all different styles of music with my music. You know, and I still keep the reggae flavor to it, but I have to give it a twist. And the only way to get on people's radios and and um, get into people's living room, living room around the world, is to basically dilute the music, so to speak, so that way it couldn't meet radio formats. And that's the way I do it. At what Again, stage did you were you told you were something special? Or did you feel you were? I've never been told I'm something special, and I still haven't been told to this day I'm something special. I am the most oppressed artist in this world, I think, because of the genre of music that I do. The lack of respect there is for what I do because I'm the only one that does what I do. So you're imagining whatever I do as an artist mm -hmm. to get by, I have to do it three times as hard as any other genre of music. Why do you think that is? Because my music is a minority music. Take, for instance, a radio station... They're used to poor formatting certain types of records, say your Britney Spears, your NSYNC, your whatever. But you're number one yeah. all over the world. What, why do you call yourself a minority music? It's hugely popular. Well, it is hugely popular, but it's also a type of music that is much different from everything else. Think about yourself as a radio programmer, and you're going to program your radio, and a shaggy record comes in. You're not going to put it on right away. No, because it doesn't sound like anything that's there and you don't want to test it. So it has to prove itself. Well, you're pretty established now, though, aren't you? That is all. Well, it still happens. Every it, They're still scared to play a shaggy record because it just might flop. Think about the day back when old Carolina was hit, and they said, oh, he's a one-hit wonder. The next record came out, they wouldn't play it. Then out of nowhere came a bombastic yeah. from the streets up. Thank God for the streets and DJs and club DJs who would bang the shit. 
you know, and get people, get the buzz going. Because yeah. if the buzz wasn't there, then the programmers wouldn't program it. How many times? I've never had a record that just came in straight in on the, on the A-list. It's always a B-list record or a C-list, and then it works your way to the A-list. Um, you seem very angry for someone so successful. No, it's not anger. It's just oppressed. <laughs> There's a difference. See, you understand, every time I'm oppressed, I come bigger. Right. I come better, so it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. If I had life easy, I, I wouldn't be this successful. Did That's you ever meet point. Bob Marley? No. He was a very oppressed individual also. Imagine the things he had to go through as an artist. I would not want to imagine. I know people who are close to him and the things that he did to get by. So I understand the struggle. Do you regret not having met him? Yeah, there's some regret. There's some regret. There's a lot of things I could ask him. And I think he would have a lot of knowledge to share with me. What's it like being named after a character from Scooby-Doo? I think it's a good thing. Um, I didn't think it was always a good thing, but I certainly think that the whole Shaggy, I hated it initially, and then I came to England and found out Shag meant something else, and I said, how ironic that it meant, it, 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 shagging meant, shaggy meant shagging, basically, and and I'm sitting there about Mr. Lover, Lover, Bombastic. Don't you think that's quite ironic? I should say so. You know, and it just kind of fits, so everything was meant to be. You know, the name that I hated was also the name that meant something and was controversial within itself, and... You know, here I am singing songs about banging chicks on bedroom floors and bathroom floors and whatever. Was it your hairstyle that gave you that nickname? Did you have a similar hairstyle to that character at the time? My hair, my hair was very light, yeah. And the fact that they said I resembled uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was why I was this tall, fluffy hair, skinny guy. <laughs> Resemblance was to uh, there quite canning, and I was like, well, whatever. Does anyone still call you Orville? Um, no, really. Orville has never been a name that people use. It's actually the name I like the most, anyway. Right. No one seems to call me that. They'll call me Richard instead. Oh, that's your proper first name, is it? Uh, actually, Orville is my first name. Richard is my middle name, but everybody calls me Richard for some reason. And I like Orville more. Right. You know what Orville is over here? No, what it was, is it? It was a sort of cartoon character, a green duck, it was. It's a duck, yes, I heard, yeah, I forgot, yeah, somebody did tell me that. <laughs> mm. Why did your mother move to Brooklyn? Uh, to seek better work. And uh, she ended up working as a, she left a journalism job in Jamaica for the Daily Gleaner and went to work as a medical secretary in New York. And how did you feel about joining her when you were 18 years old? I didn't feel bad at all. It was uh, one of the things I had to do when I was a student. Was it quite a wrench to leave the West Indies, though? Yeah, it was kind of depressing in a way because you're missing, you're missing you know, all your friends. But, you know, I was excited to go to a, a, another place that's a, quite a new place. But the West Indies is renowned for being incredibly laid-back and quite slow-paced. New York is the exact opposite. Did you find it difficult to adjust? No, I was a kid at that time. All I had to do was go to school. You know, as a teenager, mm-hmm. go to school and you know, and try and look chicks. To what extent did joining the Marines make you feel more American? I didn't feel American joining the Marines. I joined the Marines because I couldn't get work, and that was a way out to leave Brooklyn, to leave uh, 
get out of the, my mom's house. That wasn't that was an issue. You know, I was by that time what eighteen. I wanted I wanted to be out of my mom's house. I didn't want my mom taking care of me. You know, I wanted to make my own money, and I couldn't do that. Being in New York, so I went to the military where I would make my money and have a, a roof over my head, which it was not to depend on my mom. Did you always see that as a temporary move? You'd only join for a few years and then get back to your music. Um, I didn't look at it as a temporary move or or a, a career move in any sense. I just did it as a move, you know, something to do, and it felt right at that point. You know, while I was in there, I didn't. It didn't feel like something I wanted to continue with, and so you know, I was not successful at it. How scary was fighting in the Gulf War? It had its moment. I don't think it was a very tense moment, uh, tense situation at all. It was very lax. You know, the war only went on for three days. We were there for six months. Uh, majority of the time, there were a lot of airstrikes, so we just kind of sat in the desert and played cards. <laughs> Did you have any tight moments, though? Uh, there was time in within the three days of war where they were incoming, and uh, they were quite off, but nevertheless, just the fact that rounds were dropping near you were uh, a little bone-chilling, I think. Did you lose friends in that war? No. Who was Carolina from your famous song? Carolina was actually an old song done by the uh, Folk Brothers back in the early 60s. Mm. And um, I just did a remake of it by just putting my different uh, different words and uh, different lyric to it and giving it a different twist. Did quite a few girls you knew think it was about them, though? Uh, no. Actually, I never really got that. I've got people come up to me and say, hey, could you autograph this because my wife's name is Carolina and um, XYZ and she loves it and all that and they play it for her when she gets mad or whatever So, and I find that flattering. Did the people of, sort of North and South Carolina contact you or react to that song in a special way? No, not at all. Where did you get your extraordinary voice from? Um, it's basically like when you scream, you sound different. I used to be in the military, I used to run in Cicadas. And um, when I sing, while, there, while the soldiers were running, I sing. I would sing in a very deep voice, and you know, it was it was a voice that protruded, uh, very strong. And what happened with the minute I did "Old Carolina" in that voice, it, it became the popular voice, and everybody wanted that voice. So I just started doing songs in that in that tone. There was a singer called Shabba Ranks had quite a similar voice. Do, do you think he was sort of copying you? No, he was before me. Uh, you know, as far as his success, I was probably uh, doing music around the same time that he was, but his success was was earlier than mine. And I don't find the similarities in our voice at all. Uh, I could understand why people would say that, because them not being Jamaican uh, will probably not recognize the, the, the distinction of it. But there is a, he does have a very distinctive voice, and so do I. How do you feel when people do impressions of your voice, mimic it? I find it very flattering. Yeah? Yeah. There's a radio some presenter. Of are, some, of them, some of them are just downright funny. Yes, I know the one on Capital Radio was very funny. <laughs> Have totally, you heard totally that? enjoyed it. Yes, totally enjoy it, and I think they should actually do some more, because it's really, real fun. <laughs> do you think it's quite close? Does it? I don't think it's, it's, it's close, but if it was close, it wouldn't be that funny. Mm. How did you, <laughs> you get know? to hear that, by the way? Uh, it was played to me by some people in my record company who thought I would have a bad... I wouldn't enjoy it, and I was like, you're crazy. You know, anything that is funny in this world gets away from me. I don't give a shit if they glue my ass to a toilet. If it's funny, it's good. 
Do you make up words like boombastic? Boombastic is a word that's been in the public domain of Jamaica for quite some time. I just popularized it. Do you do that with quite a lot of words? Do you sort of bring them over from Jamaica and... Well, I mean, it wasn't me, it wasn't, you know, just saying it wasn't me was, was something that's, that people have known for years, you know. There's nothing special about that. I, I sometimes do my own little words when I say shagadelic or whatever, something like that, but, you know. How does it feel when phrases and words that, you know, from you become part of popular culture like that? I find it flattering. It, it is good. Uh, but we're known for that anyway, you know. We're known that we're the underdogs. And nobody is good in one way that no one expects, knows what, what's, what's coming from me. You're telling me earlier that you have a place in the West Indies and a place in America. Can you tell me roughly where they are and what, the, what your homes are like? Well, the one in Jamaica is uh, it's a townhouse. You know, it's a negated uh, community. A couple of different little townhouses are in there. And um, I'm getting rid of this one. I'm actually, I've actually outgrown it, you know. With I'm a little bit too famous for this complex now. I have people knocking my door, putting things under there, sign this, rah, rah, you know. Mm -hmm. That's in the complex. And it's not the people who live in the complex. It's the people who know people who live in my complex. You know, yep. and it's a very upscale place, but it's, it, you know, you have relatives that, oh, you live, you shaggy's your neighbor, and, it, you know, it becomes ridiculous. So now I'm, I'm in the process of buying this house with a huge gate around it that nobody comes in. In Jamaica? In Jamaica. And what about the place in America? Whereabouts roughly? The place in America is in Long Island, which is, uh, that's where my recording studio is in my house also, and I did most of Hot Shot there. Quite a big house. Is it a typical? It is quite, well, it's a six-bedroom house, yes. And there's also one in Florida that I also go. So do you divide your time between the three, then? Absolutely. Um, how do you feel about um, being a role model? I think, we're, I think we are role models once we become public figures. And, and that is why I don't sit there and, and uh, you know, you, you, you basically can't carry yourself the same way you do it if you were a regular person. Is there anything you would not sing about? I don't sing about religion. I don't sing about politics. The two main evils of this world that I don't want to be involved with. And how do you feel about the fact that parents love your music as much as the kids? I think it's good. That is basically what we want to accomplish. Yeah, because a lot of artists just aim themselves at the young. I, you know, I make music rather selfishly. You know, I don't make it mark to market it. If it connects, it connects. I just do it to where it connects with me. Mm. And if it connects with me, that's all I give a shit about. You know, um... I put it out, and if, if it connects with the world, well, you know, that's that's a bonus. You know, I know it sounds kind of weird, but, you know, and record companies don't like to hear that, but uh, I think that's that, that's basically it. I do it to my taste. What are your thoughts on getting married and having children one day? Um, I do have children, and, and I'm not in the process of getting married anytime soon. You sing about freaky girls. Have you met many freaky girls? I'm sure in my life, yeah. In my earlier days when I was a pretty, you know wild individual yeah. you know I'm a 32 year old man right now I don't really do all the craziness these days I don't talk about it because I've had experience of them but you know I don't live the life anymore did you know the singer Alaya who's just passed away in the plane crash uh, yes I did know her we've met on a couple of occasions I feel worse for her than I did for Princess Diana and I always thought that Princess Diana death was one of the worst things that ever happened and I feel more for her because of the fact that there's a connection. 
and um, such a young life, and the fact that I travel in, in a lot of these private jets sometimes, and it's, it's ridiculous. How do you feel about flying generally, then? I hate it. But you have to do it. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't. Mm. But I have to, so I do. How big an entourage do you have, and how necessary are they all? Everybody's necessary. And I don't have, I have about, that travels with me, um, 20 to 22 people. But they're all band members, they're players of instruments, they're dancers, they're wardrobe people. They do things. There's nobody that's around because they're friends. You'll be performing in Britain fairly soon. What are your thoughts on Great Britain, our traditions and royal family and so on? Yeah, I find the royal family cool. You know, I think they need to bang a little bit more because that's the exciting part of it. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, I liked it when uh, Princess Di and and, uh, and Prince Charles was doing their thing and things was getting and tabloids were going around. You know, it's just crazy. It makes you feel like they're normal. It makes you feel like they're one of us because people do do that, just like President Clinton. And getting banged by some chick, people do that. It's it's normal. It's It's quite the norm. You probably be, you know, having a chick on the side every now and then. <laughs> That's part of how life is. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it makes you human. What do you think of President Bush? I think he's a half-wit. Why? Because he just is. You know, he's not a, not the type of president I don't like. I, he's a Republican, and I hate I'm not a Republican at all. I'm a Democrat. Well, could you ever live in Great Britain, do you think? Um, No. It's the weather why I wouldn't. Right. Uh, good, very sensible. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Jamaican, man. It's just some, I'm a summer guy. That weather, every morning you get up and it's gray. You know, that sucks. You're best known here now for the song It Wasn't Me. What's the baddest thing you've ever done? Um, well, I've gotten caught before. And uh, I didn't say it wasn't me because I was, you know, too stupid to say it wasn't me, especially when she was looking dead at me. I think that would be the worst. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy when the two chicks starting to fight and you're in the middle trying to pot them. It's not good. Have you been offered any movie roles yet? Yes, I have. And what are you doing about them? I'm not doing any of them. I'm not in, in that zone yet. That's not my zone. My zone is music right now. Do you think you might get into it? Maybe one day, but not right now. And have you been offered anything that we would know that went to someone else? As Moses Jones in America that's just coming out with Bill Murray and all these people that was offered a part in that I turned that down mm -hmm. and um, I don't even think they I didn't even think that someone else did the part because I think they rewrote it well there's a couple of movies I can't remember I don't keep track of them because you know the script comes into my office and they sit there you've sung about angel an angel do you believe in angels I certainly do I believe there's always some guiding force or spirit or something like that and who would be yours? Who would be my angel? My grandmother. Do you really feel that? Do you feel that she's around and helping you? Yes, absolutely. I was very close to her. Is there a person in history that you most admire and why? Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. I think because he was uh, a natural talent. Uh, you know, he went against the odds in those days where, um, you know, color was an issue. You know, I'm not that it is now, because it certainly still is, but uh, to, to a greater magnitude back then, uh, he totally broke down all the barriers. He broke down all the barriers. He 
I wasn't just an, a, a singer, but he was an actor. He was a comedian. He was a was a show all around show. What is the most memorable place you have been to? I would say the Great Wall of China was was is a good memory right now. And when did you go there? And last year. Were you sort of performing over there? Yeah, we performed in China, and I I went and visited the Great Wall. It was very impressive. Very impressive. I was very very impressed with it. Did you bring back any souvenirs or anything? Yes, I did. Like what? T-shirts and uh, there was these little medallions they had for sale up there and, and a book on the wall. Do you and your partner have a particular song or tune that's your favourite? Um, your Love Is My Love, Whitney Houston is a big one for us because it's such a classic love song. It's a great love song, you know, and it has, it's not those mushy, that are pretty mushy, Luther Vandross love songs and shit and you know it has some edge to it you know it has a very hip hop reggae kind of beat to it are you going to be sampling it do you think no no but it's just a very unique type of song and do you have a music album that you cherish maybe because it was the first one you bought or whatever no not at all there are albums that I listen to but I listen to to music all around My, my producer is a very big uh, record collector so you know I get all this music from him you know he'll just make different mixtapes and just give them to me okay they're albums that I really enjoy I still to this day enjoy um, the, uh, the legend album Sade Greatest Hits is also a good album to have there's quite a number of them uh, that are just wonderful albums is there a TV commercial that you love more than any other I would say the, the Levi's with the Boombastic. That's a, always a funny one. A good one. <laughs> did you get lots of free pairs of jeans when you did that? No, not really. They were very stingy. They? Cheap bastards. <laughs> so you won't be working for them again then? Um, no. Not unless the, the opportunity presents itself and they have a whole lot of money. I'm a lot more expensive now than then. Um, and what's a film that you could watch over and over again? A movie? Scarface. Why? because it's just a classic film. It's just romance, it's gangster, it's, it's violence, it's um, wit, it's funny, it's everything. Good movie. A children's TV program that you used to love when you were young? Bugs Bunny, because he's mischievous. He's always a mischievous type. Bugs is the type of person that, that uh, always does something bad and get away with it. That's one where the bad guy always wins. As a kid, you like that. A favorite current TV show, please, Shaggy. Current? Yeah. Ooh, Sex in the City, which is an HBO. It's basically about uh, four women in New York and, and the things they sit around and talk about uh, with men, you know, and, and the things they go through in trying to get men and keep their relationships going and the girl talks and it's nice for a man to sit down and listen to all of that because you know what the bitches are thinking. <laughs> and what about a favorite film star? Right now, that would be female, would be Halle Berry for me. Why? Well, because Halle is Halle. She's, you know, just the hottest thing alive. <laughs> is she a friend of yours? No. Have you not met her? No, don't want to either, but it's, she's just a very hot chick. Why don't you and want to? Why don't I want to? Because mm. I have no desire to meet any of these people. That's fine. If I meet them, I meet them. If not, I don't. It's not a big deal for me, really. Do you or have you ever had a passion for collecting anything? 
No, that, that, that's a very bad habit of mine, or, or not a habit, that's the downfall of mine, the fact that I don't collect souvenirs and I don't take pictures and I don't, I don't record anything in my life. You know, I'm the only person that have platinum and gold plaques still sitting on my floor. They never reach my wall. They send me awards like Grammys and stuff and they sit on my floor because I don't have mentals. Who's your favorite singing star? Favorite singing star? Britney <coughs> Spears. Are you serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I would say, um, as far as female, would be Madonna. Because uh, she keeps reinventing herself, and uh, she's she's stand the test of time. And uh, basically, give her all the medals in the world right now. She is an icon. And um, she's probably the only female artist I would, I would do a song with. Okay. No one else. What about a favorite sportsman or sportswoman? I think Michael Jordan is just the greatest of all time, apart from Muhammad Ali. Because it's obvious, you know, there ain't nobody like Mike. You have people who are good, good, uh, what you call it, you know, good sportsmen, but they don't have the all-around, you know, uh, good image. Uh, you know, Mike is all-around, just a great image, you know. Is, is, uh, you know he's always for the kids, he's always for something positive, and uh, we need that as black people these days. Um, a favorite building or landmark? One that I like to look at would be, um, I'm always amazed by the Twin Towers in New York. Right. It just signifies what New York's about. Some people say the Statue of Liberty, I say Twin Towers. Greatest moment of your career, please, or one, one that you'll always remember? That would be the minute we went uh, number one in, 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 in America, but it wasn't me, out of nowhere. Right. That was a great feeling that day. And how did you celebrate? I actually didn't. You know, I just basically sat down and said, it's about damn time. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> what do you want to achieve with the rest of your life? Just to make a difference. That's all. Do you feel you are ready? Do you feel you're satisfied? Absolutely. What I do employ, probably 60, 70 people. And um, it uh, affects the life of quite a few people that's a lot of uh, tuitions and, and, and mortgages and, and car payments to, to make because of what I do Shaggy's a franchise and I, I, I do it for that reason for that sole motivation not for the fame not for the money because I have way more money than I can spend and fame is something I could do without but I do it because it affects a lot of people I and it provides jobs would you like your children to follow in your footsteps one day I would like my children to do something that they like, something that will make a difference, something that is not selfish. Do they have any of your artistic abilities? Um, my son is pretty much into music, but you never know what could happen. He's, you know, he's only seven. Do you feel ultimately you, you will return to the West Indies one day and settle there? Oh, certainly. Absolutely. That, this is where I'll retire. This is my home, Jamaica. <laughs>